Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, I'm Kim. I'm Jay. And I'm Lily. And we are the Dykes family, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hello, this is Brandon, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Tyler. I'm a Coaster Kids ambassador. And, and you're, you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Hey, good, Dave. How's it going? It's going good, going good. Happy February. Happy February. Wow, we're already kicking off 2022. A really good day. We had a really awesome Thrills United month back in January, and we've got very exciting episodes coming out in February, especially around Valentine's Day. Woohoo! So, anything planned for Valentine's Day? Uh, I don't know. Haven't thought about it. No, it's also our anniversary the day after Valentine's. Looks like certain somebody over there on your end is going to be pretty busy getting ready for that. Right? <laughs> Well, guys, we're actually uh, getting very close to the end of our first season here. Our season one actually comes to an end at the end of March, basically at the countdown to the final eight episodes of season one, Jen. Holy Toledo. Can't believe it. It's been an incredible season. I will it, tell you that. Yeah, it has. And I have to thank everybody out there, all the guests that have been on, all our listeners, and we've had a lot of international listeners. You know, for our first year as a podcast, I mean, we have really have hit way over 2,000 listeners within not even within a year but even more which has just been truly amazing and i just want to say on behalf of the everybody in the entire coaster challenge podcast team we are truly grateful for all your guys's love and support out there thank you thank you thank you and i can't wait for season two jen we've got a lot going on next season more than what we had this season jeez it's hard to believe oh we're gonna have a lot more bigger guests and a lot of vips already getting lined up ready to go but we're gonna have a very incredible last eight episodes of season one but first we have an incredible guest with us here today we've got andrew who has the instagram handle top throw coasters he's a big coaster challenge fan and iva got an opportunity to speak with him today but first before we get to that we are going to do our a lovely segment called the YouTube Highlight, Highlight Clip, Clip of, of the, the week. week. YouTube Clip of the Week. Alright, so in this week's YouTube Highlight Clip of the Week, you know, we've done a lot of incredible YouTube clips, and the one thing here at the Coaster Challenge Podcast is we really like to highlight some of the other YouTubers that are out there in the YouTube world. We actually, Jenna and I actually were, you know, scrolling around YouTube like we always, like all of us all do when we have spare time. We actually found a really good YouTube channel. It's called Top Fives, and they like to do like top 10, top 15, top 5 of the, some of the craziest things they see in the world. And Jenna and I happened to stumble upon a really interesting YouTube video of theirs. It's called the 15 Weird Theme Park Rides. And these are rides that are all around the world. Jenna and I were thinking about, well, we can discuss about all this. But actually, I think in this time, we're actually going to go ahead and we're going to play some of the audio clips of the top 15 of the weird theme park rides by the YouTuber Top Fives. Take a listen. 
amusement parks around the world you will battle with one another to offer the best, most exhilarating rides available. And this has resulted in some truly unbelievable designs. Finding ways to push ride technology and human endurance to the limit is a multi-billion dollar industry, and those that get it right can ensure a steady stream of visitors for years to come. It's time to fasten your safety harnesses, and remember to keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times, as we bring you the 15 most unusual amusement park rides from around the world. Number 15. The Hot Tub Roller Coaster It is quite possible that something got lost in translation when the plans were put together for a new amusement park in the city of Beppu, Japan, perhaps thinking it would be a water park instead. But the result was one of the most bizarre and unusual rides ever built a hot tub roller coaster. In fact, the entire park is themed around a spa where, because of the abundance of geothermal springs, it's become the largest hot spring resort in the world. Strangely, actors dressed as zombies walk around the site, trying to encourage guests to go on one of the various rides that usually results in a splashdown into a pool of warm, mineral-rich water. But the star of the attraction is undoubtedly the coaster itself. Originally starting as a joke for an online video, there was such an interest the mayor of the city said it would be made a reality if the clip got a million views. Unsurprisingly, it surpassed that in just a few days. Thanks to donations by local businesses, they got to work. Riders sit in cars just like any other roller coaster, and the track itself is full of the expected twists and turns. The main difference, though, is that just before it sets off, every seat which is inside a watertight car has warm, soapy water poured into it meaning that the riders are absolutely covered in it, and it splashes all over the guests on the pathway below as it passes over them. Number 14. Spin Dizzy, Diggerland, UK Amusement parks often base themselves on a theme that can be found throughout, from fantastical kingdoms to video games or movie franchises. But perhaps the most unexpected one of all is a series of venues in the UK and the US called Diggerland, where everything is dedicated to construction equipment. Originally designed as a place where youngsters can try their hands at driving huge trucks and moving earth, the company has begun to branch out with its own unique rides, and the one that keeps people coming back for more is called Spin Dizzy. Essentially, it's a converted Komatsu excavator, which has long since been retired from a construction site. Doing what virtually every builder has probably wanted to do since they first set sight on one of these incredible machines, the buckets had been fitted with seating and safety restraints, and once everyone's securely in place, the operator begins to show just what the excavator is capable of. Perched atop a small hill, it begins to spin round and round, while occasionally tilting passengers until they feel like they're about to fall out. Sure, it may not be the most technologically advanced or thrilling ride of all, but it's definitely one of the more unusual rides you'll ever find. Number 13. Wicker Man Technology has advanced so much in the past century that roller coasters, which were once only ever made from wood, are now constructed with a wide range of different materials to allow even crazier inversions to be added. But for coaster purists, there's nothing quite like a traditional wooden design. But that doesn't mean designers aren't able to increase the fear factor for the modern age. If you're making anything out of wood, there's probably one thing you'll want to avoid getting close to at all costs. Fire. But the Wicker Man coaster at the Alton Towers theme park in the UK was the first wooden ride in the world to actually feature flames directly above the track. At a cost of around $20 million to build, cars travel along the track at speeds of up to 43 miles an hour, and at one stage pass through a massive Wicker Man effigy with real flames that shoot up out of its shoulders. 
With huge amounts of smoke and heat effects along the rest of the ride, you're truly given the sense that it's all about to burst into flames, just like in the movie. We just hope the designers have taken suitable precautions to make sure the flames are controlled enough that they won't ever make contact with the track. Number 12. Formula Rosa. There's one thing everyone expects when they visit an amusement park, and that's that they'll be able to go on a ride that reaches insanely fast speeds as it twists and turns around the track. While most designers think that with the invention of launch coasters, we're verging on the limit of what the human body can handle, things were taken a step further with the development of the world's fastest roller coaster, the Formula Rosa in Abu Dhabi. It's part of Ferrari World, which was built next to the Formula One racetrack. And the idea of the ride is to recreate the sensation you feel if you're driving one of the most powerful vehicles on the planet. By using a similar steam hydraulic launch system that you'll find on aircraft carriers, the ride accelerates to a frightening top speed of almost 150 miles or 240 kilometers per hour in just 4.9 seconds. It's also the sixth longest steel coaster in the world, with a track length of about 1.4 miles. But at these speeds, the entire experience lasts just 92 seconds. As further evidence that this probably has gone beyond what's possible elsewhere, each rider has to wear a pair of protective goggles before the ride starts, because not only is there a risk of damaged eyesight because of the rapid change in air pressure, but just a single grain of sand would be enough to permanently blind you if it just so happened to blow into your face during acceleration. Number 11. The Human Trebuchet Middlemore Water Park UK. Trebuchets became one of the most effective siege war weapons and allowed attacking forces to launch huge projectiles that were often alight at enemy defenses to cause wide-ranging damage. It's perhaps no surprise then that a group of adrenaline junkies realized that the design could quite easily be used to launch a human being into the air. That's how the human trebuchet at Middlemore Water Park in the UK was created. The premise was simple. The device would launch you more than 70 feet or about 21 meters into the air in the direction of a perfectly placed net that would catch you as you fall back down. As you can imagine, though, there was very little room for error in the way that this was set up, and that's probably why this ride is regarded as the most dangerous to have ever opened in a park anywhere in the world, and why no other venue has tried to design their own version since. The signs of the danger were there in 1999, when a woman broke her pelvis, but with only around 50 or 60 people being brave enough or stupid enough to go on it each year, this incident was written off as an anomaly. Unfortunately, a few years later, a student died after completing completely missing the net altogether, and the trebuchet was quickly dismantled, and there's been no sign of it ever since. Number 10. Mardi Gras Hangover Six Flags is known for developing some truly groundbreaking rides, and in 2018 the company opened a record breaker at Six Flags Great America Amusement Park called the Mardi Gras Hangover. As the name would suggest, no rider is going to leave this experience without feeling a little wobbly. But the surprising thing is how simple the structure actually is. Advertised somewhat controversially as the largest loop coaster, it's a 100-foot or 30-meter tall circular track, which launches the vehicle at speeds of up to 30 miles an hour. And usually, riders are arranged facing each other in each car as it spins both forwards and backwards, ensuring that if you're with friends, you'll be sure to see them contorting their faces into all sorts of shapes before it's over. Passengers complete six loops in just 90 seconds, and there's even time in each rotation for a brief pause at the top, so you get a few seconds of being suspended upside down before coming back down to the ground. Perfect for a view out across the park if you can handle it. The question remains, though, does this actually qualify as a roller coaster, or is it something else entirely? Number 9. Vertical Swing Wonderland Kalkar, Germany Amusement park designers go to great lengths to create the perfect scenery and surroundings for their creation was made to build the Wonderland Kalkar in Germany, 
They already had a structure that they could use that would truly make this unlike any other park on Earth, an unused nuclear power plant. The plant was fully built in the 90s, but was never switched on because it was based on an older design and there were serious safety concerns if it was ever to begin generating electricity. Apparently, costing the equivalent of building 80,000 new homes, there was no way that the developer was going to be able to recoup their costs so sold it to a Dutch investor who wanted to use the land as an amusement park. Most of the attractions are built around the shell of the reactor, but there's one ride that's actually inside the original cooling tower, a vertical swing ride. Now this is the type of attraction that usually doesn't appeal to thrill seekers because it's seen as quite a tame experience, but there's something about being sat on one that rises 17 stories up above the concrete structure that seriously ups the ante. It's one of the most popular rides in the entire park, and truly one that should be on everyone's bucket list. Number 8. The Golden Lasso Coaster To generate more interest and make sure there are queues of crowds lining up to get a chance to ride, new roller coasters are often themed after a famous property, or at least the first few years of operation. When Six Flags Fiesta Texas announced they were closing down the popular Power Surge water ride because of increasing safety concerns, they replaced it with a brand new type of coaster. Because of its speed and twisting turns, it only seemed fitting that it would become the Wonder Woman Golden Lasso Coaster. Opening in May of 2018, it features three inversions and reached speeds of up to 52 miles an hour. It is, of course, painted in the recognizable color of Diana's Lasso, but that's not the only thing that made it special. This was the first single rail roller coaster to ever open to the public. Despite there being another three, based on the same design, elsewhere in the US, the Golden Coaster will always be the one that paved the way. Almost appearing to be a high-speed monorail, all of the ride apparatus is hidden underneath the solitary track, which gives a range of new opportunities in terms of the inversions that are possible, in comparison to traditional two-rail designs. Number 7. X-Scream Las Vegas The Strat Hotel in Las Vegas has taken the idea of amusement park rides to a whole new level by attaching them to the top of the highest observation tower in the United States, and of the three that brave guests are able to go on, probably the most unusual and frightening is the X-Scream. At a height of 866 feet, or about 264 meters above the ground, it's the fourth highest ride in the world. It uses this fact to extraordinary effect. Rather than featuring a car that goes around a circuit, it's simply made up of one 68-foot or 21-meter-long straight piece of track that hangs over the edge of the observation tower and pivots back and forth. Riders sit in the car, and once they're strapped in, the track tilts forwards as they travel at a surprisingly fast speed towards the very end of the rail before sharply braking. And it's been specifically designed to move in a seemingly unpredictable way to give you the impression that it's not working properly and that you're just about to fall off the edge of the building. For the time that it's stationary, it offers some of the greatest views out across the strip. But while it may make for an exhilarating experience, everyone's more than happy when it returns back to safety and they're able to get their feet back on firm ground again. Number 6. The Sky Cycle Washes on Highland, Japan Normally, when you go on a ride that reaches a height that's the equivalent of four stories tall, you'd expect it to move automatically and to have safety harnesses that prevent you from falling out. But the Sky Cycle at Japan's Washuzan Highland Amusement Park is hardly your typical experience. There aren't any inversions or hair-raising twists, but it's a ride that provides excitement of a very different kind. Each cart that travels along the track is pedal-powered, so riders have complete control over the movement, and the only thing keeping you securely in place is a rather flimsy seatbelt. This would be fine if kept at ground level, but the Sky Cycle lifts you up to 590 feet above the ground and gives you astonishing views out across the park, the cities of Okayama, and the nearby Great Seto Bridge. 
For those wanting to use the opportunity to take a panoramic photograph or perhaps to have a picnic while they cycle around, the ride designers have conveniently placed baskets at the front of each cart, so you'll keep all of your belongings with you for the entire time. Number 5. Saw the Ride Amusement park rides are meant to elicit all the emotions from intense fear to joy to exhilaration, and will often use the stories of famous movies to help toy with your mindset. It seemed an odd choice, though, when Thorpe Park in the UK announced an attraction that was based on the Saw series. But with it being one of the most successful horror franchises in recent times, it certainly made sense to their marketing department. Virtually the entire queue for the coaster passes through an enclosed dark section, where guests have to negotiate their way past traps from the movies, while constantly being watched over by Jigsaw. Shotgun blasts occasionally echo out. Billy the Puppet makes an appearance on monitors to explain all the rules of the ride, and there are countless mutilated mannequin pieces all around. By the time they board the train, most guests are in an uncomfortable headspace. Things only get worse and more intense from there. When it opened in 2009, the coaster was the steepest in the world, with a drop angle of 100 degrees, and a track that seemingly takes you perilously close to whirring saws and a whole host of deadly-looking machines. While most people who venture onto the ride return unscathed, there have been complaints that the entire experience is too intense, with several heart attacks having been reported, one of which occurred before the person had even sat in the actual ride itself. Number 4. The Vanishing Coaster Yokohama Cosmo World, Japan A great technique that ride designers often use is the way that the cars sometimes travel in a completely different direction to what the riders expect, something that's usually done with secret and fake pieces of track. When done properly, it adds an extra element of surprise for riders, and as a result, increases their excitement. At the Yokohama Cosmo World in Japan, however, things were done a little differently. And instead of adding a feature that would surprise the riders, they added something that would confuse and shock anyone who was watching the coaster travel along the tracks. Known as the Vanishing Coaster, the ride takes a vertical dive towards a pool, and instead of lifting up just at the last moment, as you might expect, it enters a very narrow underwater tunnel and re-emerges somewhere else entirely. It's a brilliant visual illusion, and one that regularly confuses passers-by, and it also provides a one-of-a-kind ride experience. After all, where else can you say that you've been on a roller coaster that has a substantial stretch underwater? Number 3. The Underground Ferris Wheel Ferris wheels are a common sight at amusement parks and fairgrounds across the world, and usually give guests one of the highest views possible out across the park. But have you ever heard of a Ferris wheel being completely underground? Well, that's exactly the situations with the ones at the Salina Turda Amusement Park in Turda, Romania, where the entire venue is 400 feet or 120 meters below the surface. That's because this is no ordinary park, and is one that's been built inside an abandoned salt mine. Excavation work first started there in the 17th century, and after all of the usable salt had been removed by 1932, it went on to become a cheese storage center and a bomb shelter before being converted into what it is today. Among the attractions are an amphitheater for performances, a bowling alley, a lake where you can take rowing boats out to explore, a mini golf course, and even a drone racetrack. But it's the Ferris wheel that's the standout attraction, letting you get surprisingly close to the cavern ceiling. Number 2. Infinity Falls Florida is undoubtedly the amusement park capital of the world, with 10 major theme parks and countless smaller sites in the state. And while it may be the best place to go if you want to experience some of the greatest rides on Earth, it's also the most competitive place to be a park operator, and every park has to invest heavily in ensuring they've got the next best attraction to draw in the crowds. 
SeaWorld Orlando has traditionally relied on the animals as well as the rides to bring people through the gates. But in recent years, the ethics of this has been brought into question to such an extent that they've been installing a number of incredible attractions. In 2018, the biggest opening of the season was Infinity Falls, a water ride which boasted the tallest drop for a river raft ride anywhere in the world. Reaching a maximum height of 30 feet, or 9.1 meters above the ground, the drop itself was 40 feet, or 12 meters, thanks to a dugout section. But the ride designers, knowing that they wanted to have a drop as high as this, faced a challenge. The most boring part of a water slide, as we all know, is the ascent to the top. And if this was built in the traditional way, it would also be the longest lift. Their solution was ingenious. So to get the rafts to the top, they used a custom-designed elevator, something that could take guests to the part of the ride they wanted to be at in a matter of seconds instead of minutes. Number one, the death simulator, window of the world, China. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be roasted alive in a cemetery? No? Well, I haven't either, but it seems like there was at least one ride designer who thought there'd be interest from guests for such an experience at the Window of the World theme park in Shenzhen, China. Parks around the world have used 4D technology to give guests unusual experiences, such as being shrunk to the size of an insect or to fly through the stars in a spaceship. But on the death simulator, you lie down in a coffin-shaped wooden box with one other person. The attendant pushes you into the incinerator. Then all you hear is silence. You're left in darkness and you start to realize just how confined you are in this small space. All of a sudden you hear a whirring sound and the temperature in the box starts to heat up. It continues to do so until it's a toasty 104 degrees Fahrenheit, 40 degrees Celsius inside. Of course, this is far from the sort of temperature needed to turn a human body to ash, but the whole setup is enough to trick the mind into believing something horrendous is happening. There have been reports that some people who have gone in have ended up screaming and banging on the wall so much that they've had to be let out early. There have been plenty of others who have said they've suffered nightmares of the ride for weeks after visiting. If you had the chance, would you dare to try it out yourself? That was a really amazing top 15 there, Jen. Yeah, I think the Ferris wheel one would be kind of awesome to go see. The one that's underground? Yeah. Yeah. I could not get over that, but it was just just like the disappearing roller coaster in Japan. I thought that was uh, pretty pretty insane. Oh, and also the soap the so spa tub coaster. Oh yeah, I've, the spa I've, I've coaster. I've never seen anything like that ever on a ride attraction or roller coaster ever that I, I wonder if that is actually still around if that is i have to talk to some of my coaster enthusiast friends that travel around the world to see if they ever heard of anything like that well i hope you guys really enjoyed that youtube clip if you guys like to see the actual video with the images and everything we will have that link right here in our show notes for you to click on but that was a really good youtube highlight clip, clip of the, the week. week youtube clip of the week all right, so Iva's standing by with our special guest today. We have Andrew from Top Thrill Coasters on today. Really good episode, so take it away, Iva. Thank you, David and Jenna. Hi, this is Iva, your co-producer from the Midwest for Coaster Challenge Podcast. We have a very special guest tonight who is an advocate for coaster kids and can be found at the park riding coasters with his friend. Please welcome to the show, Andrew. Hello. Yay. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of our special episode today. 
tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. So I have to ask. What made you get involved in Coaster Kid? I first watched uh, Logan on his YouTube channel many years ago, about 2016. I thought Logan had made a huge impact on the community, and I thought, why not try to join and see what will happen? I ended up finding out that it had a huge impact on my life. It just um, it made me get a lot more friends, and I was able to talk to a lot more people easier. Yeah, I've noticed from your Instagram page that you definitely love hanging out with your Coaster Kid bud several times. I see a lot of pictures from little Logan. Logan to current Logan, which I love seeing kids grow up, by the way, and still stick with that same group of friends. That connection is very special to you, I bet. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to get started with some questions for you and take your time. That way people get a chance to find out a little bit more about you. How's that sound, Andrew? Sounds good to me. All right. So your first question is, what was your first coaster? Oh, no. The, um, I definitely have to dig back into my mind on that one. I would say it was it was either the Great Pumpkin Coaster or Woodstock Express. Both are at Kings Island. Oldies but goodies. So what year do you think that was your first year going to Kings Island? Do you remember? I would say about 2008 or 2009. Okay, so it's owned by Cedar Fair at that time and not Paramount, correct? Um, It used to be owned by Paramount, I believe, in 2008. I wasn't there when it was um at the very beginning when it was previously owned by Cedar Fair. Yeah, I remember riding Woodstock Express my first time when it was the Beastie. So that's going back a few years. Yeah, at the point when I wrote it, it was known as the Fairly Odd Coaster. Oh, so it was during the Paramount time then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still I still remember those. I miss a lot of those attractions. During your first time at Kings Island, do you remember a certain coaster that you were afraid of? Or was that at a different park? Or did you mostly just go to Kings Island when you were growing up? There was one coaster when I first went there that I was a little scared of. It was Vortex. I was scared because it had a lot of inversions and I had never experienced that before. And that was the only one in the park that had inversions except for Flight of Fear, which only has three, and Vortex is double of that. Yeah, Vortex can be kind of intimidating, especially when the with that tall lift hill that it had. I know that's one thing that our youngest was afraid of when she first rode it, was the lift hill was a little scary for her. Did that bother you too, or was it just the inversions? Uh, the inversions had bothered me the most, but the lift hill I thought was going to go quickly, but it ended up going pretty slow. Yeah, that, that chain lift hill went very slow. Do you miss Vortex? I certainly do. Yes, I had a lot of fun riding Vortex. Yeah, that's, I know a lot of people miss Vortex. I, for one, am not one of them. I'm not a fan of aero coasters because of the restraints. Have you ridden other aero coasters besides Vortex, Andrew? Uh, yes, I have ridden Viper at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Uh, that's one park I've not gotten to yet, and it's on my bucket list to visit all the, Cal- the California parks. Yeah. So, so you don't so, like... So you've been to Magic Mountain in the past. I have. Oh, when, when, how long ago have you been have visited? Um, It was back in mid 2018. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, West Coast Racers was still in construction. I have to ask uh, Magic Mountain, what would be your most favorite coaster at the park? I'd probably have to say Twist of Colossus or X2. One of the top two best coasters in the park, especially. Least favorite? I don't know, to be completely honest, but the one that I had the worst experience with is probably Viper. I got a pretty bad row on it. Yeah, Viper is probably the second, probably the third oldest coaster in the park. It's had its heyday. I mean, I have to say, I think that coaster is definitely due for retirement. And I have a funny feeling we're going to be seeing that happening. I mean, we saw Vortex get torn down over at Kings Island. So I think Viper is going to be over here on the West Coast. That's probably going to be the next one to go. I mean, right now, Magic Mountain just opened West Coast Racers. Now it looks like we're getting an RMC Raptor like Jersey Devil, which uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that's going to be a next year grand opening, but that's great. Yeah, Magic Mountain being my home park, 
Yeah, I would say Viper is very rough. And I think it's just because aero coasters, they don't age very well. They really don't. I've seen that all around the country, everywhere I've gone. So how many parks have you gone to besides Magic Mountain and Kings Island? I don't know exactly how many parks that I've been to, but I have been to Cedar Point, obviously. What enthusiast has not been to Cedar Point? You'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my coaster enthusiast friends here in the West Coast, uh, I think out of 20 that I know, maybe four have been to Cedar Point. A lot of my friends here because on the west coast it's hard to travel because we're a lot further away so flights cost a lot just to go from here to the midwest or the east coast yeah i i would ask people that i'd meet at ace events and stuff and they'd be like have i go have you been to cedar point they're like no and i'm like wow you haven't been out that was my very first uh adventure out when i left california i went because i met some enthusiasts at Magic Mountain, and I told them I was thinking about traveling. They said, you must go to Cedar Point. It was probably the best advice I have taken from an enthusiast. When I went to Cedar Point first time, I fell in love. I try to go there every year. Top Throw Dragster is one of my most favorite, but Steel Vengeance is my number one coaster over there. Yeah. Do you live in Ohio, Andrew? I sure do. Yes. All right. OH. <laughs> yeah, we are very fortunate to have two amazing parks in our backyard with Cedar Point and Kings Island. And Kentucky Kingdom's not that far away and neither is Holiday World. So we are very prime centrally located for a lot of amusement parks. Yeah, very true. So you're going to watch. I just counted how many parks I've been to and I have been to 14. 14. Okay. And out of all those 14 parks, Vortex is still that one coaster that scared you, huh? Yeah, because I didn't know that Cedar Point was the thing when I was three or four years old. So when did you go to Cedar Point for the first time? I went in July of 2018. So that's when I was 13. So that was when Steel Vengeance opened. Yeah, that is when Steel Vengeance opened. Yeah, that was that was an amazing year. We had a lot of first-time coasters in the cedar fair chain we had a lot of rmc's that year because we had we had still vengeance we had twisted timbers at king's dominion and then david had a little coaster out there that was called railblazer wasn't it that year as well david yeah it was it was it was a big rmc year for cedar fair yeah that was the the year of rmc and they were opening up coasters left and right because wonder woman and railblazer both opened the same year Mm, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go, we're going to go back to Vortex. So Andrew, can you remember how you were feeling as you were approaching Vortex's station? Honestly, I was feeling pretty scared. I didn't know what to expect of it. I didn't necessarily know what the experience was going to be like. I didn't know what inversions were like. I just didn't know anything about it. So how did you feel when you got off of Vortex? Oh, I felt, I felt great. I felt great that I did it. I felt that I loved it. I just had a lot of fun on it. Did you have to go back and ride it again after that? I wanted to. Was the line too long? Yeah. That's one thing that Vortex always managed to maintain is a very good wait time, even toward the end of its life. All right. So how do you think, Andrew, you riding Vortex impacted your life after riding it? Well, it made me ride a lot more roller coasters at Kings Island. For example, I rode the Beast, Racer, and Backlot Stun Coaster after that. I've been, uh, and plus I've been riding the Beast ever since I was five years old. Well, you're a brave soul. I can't even get my eight-year-old to ride the Beast. She's a she's scared so what's your favorite time to ride beast is it during the day 
or at night. Oh, definitely at night. Oh, yeah. Do you always like to get the last ride of the night on it? Because I do. Yes, I love getting last ride of the night on Beast. Especially after the fireworks when nobody is around. And mm-hmm. they shut the li- and they shut the line down. And then as soon as it reopens, you get that extra ride. Yeah, it's considerably difficult to try to get to the back of the line. Do you normally go to Keynes Island a lot more than any of the other parks you've been to? Because are you closer to Keynes Island? Is that what it is? Yeah, Keynes Island is the closest park to my house. How long does it take you to get there? 15, 20 minutes. I wish I was closer. I really do. I, I prefer Keynes Island to Cedar Point, honestly. Don't tell Pony Clark I said that. <laughs> so since Keynes Island's your home park and Vortex is the one that made such an impact on your life, what's your opinion on what's going to go where Vortex used to be at? What would um, be the ideal coaster hmm. to go where Vortex Plata Land is? Over the course of my thinking, I had been thinking that possibly an RMC Raptor or maybe even a Gerstlauer roller coaster could go there. Well, you know, Gerstlauer is teasing that they're going to be putting a big coaster somewhere, you know? Yeah, you never know. It might go to King's Island. You never know. They got the room. Now, what I, I would love to see a mock coaster there something like mm. copperhead strike mm. or a time tra- or a time traveler because mm. if you think about it carowinds is really the only park i can think of that has a mock coaster that would be kind of nice that the sister park would get something that better mm, possibly a mock have you been to, poss- have you been to silver possibly. dollar city i have not been to silver dollar city yet yeah if you have you seen videos though of time traveler how it's got that drop yes i have seen videos of time traveler and it looks wild it's pretty wild because you just never know what's going to happen when you're riding the spins never are the same anytime that you ride it i know personally i've ridden it several times but can you imagine something like that going into the terrain where Vortex was and interweaving between Orion and the Beast. That that would be something. Yeah, that definitely would be something. You could even do it back into, you, you know, you're in the frontier town that you can theme it back to the Old West kind of theme too. Yeah. You could even you could even go as far as doing like a Steel Vengeance Maverick theme where the two, where you'd have the Mock and the Beast battling each other. That would be kind of interesting. Mm, that would be really cool. I know, I'm, I'm thinking, who knows? You never know, honestly. You just never know what Cedar Fair has plotting for that for that part yeah very true you never know what will happen so andrew out of all the coasters that you've ridden have you ever had a crazy time or a crazy moment riding one or waiting for one possibly one of the craziest moments i've ever had on a roller coaster was uh i was on storm chaser kentucky kingdom i had so much room i got so much airtime when i was sitting there i did not know what to expect and that's basically what made it become my number one. Now, was that your first RMC Storm Chaser? Uh, no, it was actually my third. So Steel Ven- was Steel Vengeance your first? No, Twisted Colossus was my first. And then I wrote oh, Steel Vengeance yeah. and then I wrote Storm Chaser. Storm Chaser was my very first RMC. Yeah, I didn't know that Twisted Colossus was an RMC when I first wrote it. I didn't know what to expect with Steel Vengeance as well. I don't think anybody knew what to expect with Steel Vengeance. <laughs> Because there's nothing like it out there. Unless you count Iron Glossy, which nobody knows what Iron Glossy is like because it's not open. I mean, except for a couple staff members because I did test it with people on it. Yeah, I heard that they had people on it a couple days ago. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. Hopefully it opens soon. Have you only rode just the three RMCs, Andrew? Yes, but pretty soon I'm going to be riding Twisted Timbers. Three of those RMCs that you've ridden, which, which one's your top? 
Oh, definitely Storm Chaser. Really? Yeah, I would definitely have to say Storm Chaser because that's what gave me the best experience. You didn't you didn't like the racing? Is Twisted Colossus a racing one? I'm not sure because obviously it's, I haven't uh, written it. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a Mobius Loop dueling coaster. Yeah, it's a dueling coaster because the original Colossus was a double track, and then they took that and combined it into one where you go up twice up on the lift hill. But the thing about Twisted Colossus is you have to time it just right for the trains to leave the station for them to duel. Uh, a lot of times you'll miss it, but if you get an opportunity to duel, it's really cool to see the train twisting upside down and you look down and you see the other train below you. Yeah, so I'm not... you, can almost, you can almost high five the person above with your hands up. Which is yeah, definitely cool. on that Top Gun stall and that zero G roll, it it would feel incredible. Now, aren't you when you first ride it and everything? Don't you you start on one track and you end on the other? Is that how it goes? You start on the blue track on Twisted Colossus and you go through the first part, but then when you come back around, it moves merges to the green, and then you go up the green track up to Lift Hill. And as you're going up, you're up ahead. The blue train, the blue track is the train on that's coming up behind you and it actually moves a little faster than the green the green train sits and takes its time go up the lift hill to give that train on the blue track time to catch up and if it's time just right when you get to the when you crest the lift hill they're together and they go down together and that's and i've had out of the i've written twisted colossus over a hundred times and i think i've dueled it about 25 of that time that just tells you how much the timing is important on that coaster did you get a chance to have it dueling when you wrote it andrew i did not unfortunately <laughs> so you were part of that 75 percent that did not get a chance to duel yeah unfortunately so what is your coaster count andrew uh my coaster count is surprisingly not that high it's it's at 58 58 that's a good start though i'm really hoping to get to 100 by the end of 2023 or 2022 well you know you've got how many new parks that you're going to be going to it's not going to be hard to get those numbers up yeah very true so out of all of the coasters that you've ridden andrew what is your favorite probably storm chaser definitely because I had the best experience of riding it about 10 times but not in a row because I had ERT in the morning and then I had ERT at night for before I got last ride of the night and last ride of the night was definitely the best experience I've ever had on it so with Storm Chaser being your favorite, Andrew, what is your least favorite? I'm actually not really sure, but if I had if I had to say if I had the worst experience on it, it probably would have been Blue Streak. <laughs> no, what, what's wrong with Blue Streak? I just had a really bad ride on it. It was just really rough and I hurt my arm on it. Yeah. It just I mean, it, it, it was just not it, it, it was just not a fun older. experience. It's older. That's one thing you have to remember about Blue Streak. Yeah, very true. And I I know with a lot of the older wooden coasters, a lot of the parks have been doing some retracking. You've seen it with Racer at Kings Island. I'll tell you, that thing is butter smooth now. I love riding Racer and I normally don't. Yeah, I definitely love riding the Racer a lot more now. But I think that's I think that's what Cedar Point is missing with Blue Streak is they need to get some more some TLC to that ride to make it a little bit smoother because I it, it, Blue Streak is kind of like little it's Big Brother Mean Streak. I can only ride it when it's a little chilly out and I've got a coat on or a hoodie with just some extra padding because <laughs> of the way that you're jerked around on that ride and the same with Mean Streak. It makes for a more comfortable ride because I just you're just bouncing up and down so much on that ride. So Andrew, you know the mission of Coaster Challenge is we're here to help people break their fears, just like with Coaster Kids. Coaster Kids and Coaster Challenge have a lot in common. And I think we can all agree that the past year with the pandemic has really showed that fear is alive and well. A lot of people 
people in this country are deeply in fear and fear does a lot to people. It makes them do many different things. A lot of people rush to judgment and a lot of people who live in fear, their lives are pretty limited because fear kind of prevents you from being able to live your full life and be able to live a happy life. Being a coaster kid yourself, what advice could you give out to anybody who could be your age, could be as old as me and Iva? What advice can you give to anybody who's listening out there on how to break their fears and how to live a better life? I would definitely tell others to start small when they are afraid of something. For example, if they are afraid of roller coasters, they would most likely start with the smallest one that they can that they are able to ride once they actually get used to it they would be able to go a lot bigger have a lot more inversions or have a lot more elements on it once they get past that they would start to get larger and larger but in the beginning you always have to start out small well true well said you're actually the first first person in our first guest in our podcast to say start small that's a new that's a new one i'm going to write in my book from every guest who has a different one thing that's unique is every guest we've had on the podcast so far and we've had regular people like you to big vips like jeff joiner on the podcast every guest has had some sort of lesson about facing fear and starting small is actually something that has not been mentioned and i'm definitely going to be writing that in my book of the list of things that people have said and that's good call on that one i think that was well said on that yeah i agree once you start small the only place to go is up yep definitely well thank you again andrew for taking the time to be with us today for those who uh don't know you where can they find you on social media well you can definitely find me on instagram which is uh my instagram is top underscore thrill underscore coasters i am currently at about 400 followers and i am hopefully wanting to keep it going up and i'm sure we can see you around the park too at king's island whenever you're there as well yep definitely well again thank you so much for being with us today andrew yeah no problem thank you for your time and i really appreciate the opportunity thank you so much thank you iva thank you andrew that was a really good episode would you say jen yeah you know what always amazes me is the variety of ages that we have that come on the show yeah anywhere from 13 14 to 60s 70s it it's amazing how everybody kind of comes together in this community yeah it's really a, it's a really awesome community and it's amazing how theme parks, roller coasters, theme park attractions in general have really made significant impact in people's lives and roller coasters have done wonders for Andrew and I'm very proud of him facing his fears and all that stuff. So we've got a even awesome episode coming on next week, Jen. Very excited about it. We've got a very special VIP coming in the house again. Yay. I like when we get the VIPs. Oh, they yeah. always make it so much more interesting. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for you guys to check out, but it will be next Friday. But first, Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. Yes, and make sure, guys, make sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast. And also, if you can do us a favor, if you are an Apple podcast listener, we really would love for you guys to give us a review on the Apple podcasts in general and or iTunes or anything like or if you have Spotify or if you're on Podbean or if you're on Amazon if you see an area where you can leave a comment or review we really would appreciate you guys to give us a thumbs up and just give us a great review on our hard work here on the podcast really means a lot to us make sure to uh, like us on all our social media pages any questions you can uh, check out our website at coasterchallengeusa.com 
And also make sure to check out our merchandise store. We've got shirts and hats and hoodies and all kinds of stuff. The money that's raised in that store, it all gets donated to charity every year, Jen. Which is awesome. Yeah. But we've got an incredible episode going on next week. We're getting down to our last seven. It's going to be a great season finale. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is Jenna Gazelle. We'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge. Yeah.